When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Wolfpack fans? It's John Ramey with you. Welcome to the Wolfpack Podcast. On this one, we visit with Nathan Schaup, who is the host, the creator of the Reno Slant Podcast. You know it, you love it. If you don't, check it out, the Reno Slant. Just Google it up. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's an outstanding Wolfpack-centric podcast. But first, leading things off as always, Hall of Famer Mike Edwards, my broadcast partner, with his tailgate tour stop number six, the sounds and sensations from Mackey Stadium ahead of the San Jose State victory this past Saturday. Alrighty, home game, San Jose State tailgate tour number six. Wolf pack three and two, the loss last home game against Hawaii, and we should be back at it this day, San Jose. And uh, it's a beautiful 1 o'clock kickoff. The sun is shining. A little brisk. It's a little brisk. But we're going to go out there today. It's family day around Mackay. And we also have a little, a little pink out in support of breast cancer awareness. And looking forward to a quick run around. Uh, that early game. We got a soccer game for my son this morning. So we're kind of going all over the place trying to find some pink jerseys. Uh, some people to talk to, chit-chat about. And it's going to be a good day. Good day. Of course, we got to stop by alumni. I heard Zach McDonald's got some chili today. So when Joe, check it out, check it out. Oh, I can already smell the gas up in here. Bird dog, what's up, bud? Hey, what's happening, brother? Oh, can I have one of those? No, you know what? You, you're, you're giving them out to people, okay? I think Kane might be coming here. Uh, make sure you save one. He would love to have one. Goodbye. Oh, what's up, bud? Hey, Madonna, I heard your chili stick with meat. Hey, bud. <laughs> That's the only way you do it. Yeah. Yeah, who actually cooked it? You or your wife? That's she, the was, she did the majority of it. You want some? Of course I got to. I got to record you, too. Oh, uh, uh, some special seasoning. 
This is tailgate tour number six. Oh, my yeah. Old, my old roommate. Are you recording me? Of course I'm recording you. My old roommate on the road, Zach Madonic, played here uh, a handful, handful years ago. Yeah, 2007 to 2011, defensive line, the good side of the ball. Yeah, well, all you guys got to do is go forward, right? <laughs> and so, I, I, did I see a neck bone in there? Uh, oh, what do you got in there? So, we got some, uh, some skirt steak, um, some jalapenos, some celery, uh, all the good, all the good stuff. You are like the witches of the witches' brew right now. That's what I'm trying to do. Just. Kim's cooking. <laughs> what are you making? Chili. Chili. Yeah. He's cooking skirts. Skirts. It looks like Kim's Boyardee. Yeah. <laughs> Open the can and pour it in. You gotta come try some. I'm gonna have to get me a bowl. Bowls over here beside me. I can't have too much chili because we'll be in the booth, Harrison. We'll be in the booth. I don't want to get too crazy, you know. John Ramey might be like, oh, oh dang. All right, Rich's, Rich's Brew. Do you have a? Do you have, is this a family recipe or is this a uh, just uh, out of the box? This is, uh, this is just all my, water. This is all my wife. All right, I'm not taking any credit for this. And, a, and as we well know, they rule the world. Oh yes. God, I just want a little bowl, brother. I know I'm an old lineman, but look at me, I'm skinny now. Come on, come on in. Yeah. Oh, I see some bay leaves up in there. Some some celery. I don't, a little cilantro. And a couple jalapenos. I don't. I got a long day at the booth because I'm be I'm be yelling after some touchdowns. Is it first? Is this the first time you've, you've cooked? Uh, at a game, yeah. I've only worked the games, brother. I know. Zach Madonna. It was ten. That's the shit. So when do you start this, Julie? Uh, yesterday afternoon. Yesterday afternoon. What time? Uh, about noon. My wife got the first uh, batch in the crock pot. Oh, that's amazing. It's good. Yeah. Glad you guys oh, yeah. like it. There's a lot. This is probably more than batch. Yeah. Oh, this is eight different crock pots going at one time. So good. You like it? No. I love it. It's good. I'm a chilly guy. My wife doesn't like it, but you know. Really? Well, aftermath. Go. Hey, got a little schmutz. There you go. So you guys, you guys met in college. I'll interview the family. You guys met here, right? Yes, yes. we did. We met. Tell us a little background story. Introduce yourselves and background story. All right. Hi, yeah. this is Shauna Fernley. Ryan Fernley. We met here at the university back in 1996. Both major athletes. Uh, wouldn't call them major, but yes, we were athletes. Yeah. Yes, we met. Uh, I think initially in through room? friends uh, through the weight at the weight room. Who doesn't like meet in the training room in the weight room? Right? <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, it was at the end of our college career, so that was kind of nice. Um, now, family, yes, and you guys reside here and still working. Maybe we're still working in the community. I'm a, yeah. I have a physical therapy clinic on South Virginia or South McCarran. Yeah. Shauna works at Reno Orthopedic as yes. a physician assistant. Yes, all in orthopedics, all those. Uh, the his, uh, the uh, what would I say? How many how many old athletes do you get? All the time. Former athletes. Yeah. I should say. I shouldn't say it. I feel old. like now we're that? getting more of the Keep, kids. Keeps me in business. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm a teacher because that's um, I got I got a job all the time. It's not there's no economy yeah. up and down. Yeah, you need to be educated and you need to get right and you feel good. And it, 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 when I see these people, I'm like, oh yeah, it was just like yesterday. It doesn't feel like it was so long ago. Twenty five years ago. I was gonna. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh -huh. I was going to say it, but yeah. the uh, hubby said it. Yeah. It was yeah, a long yeah, time ago. It was a long time ago. This is this last year? week, I'm like, oh my gosh. We were out of here in 97, 96. Yeah. And we are now in 2020 is right around the corner. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is like my ultimate. Pulled pork and chili. pork butt for 16 hours. Okay, so we've been raving about this chili, so now I gotta try some some of your butt. You're gonna have to try some of the butt. I've slapped your butt a couple and times. My, I'm not gonna lie. It's like the old days. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with slapping booties. Gotta try the potatoes. Gotta try the coleslaw. Oh my gosh. Scalloped potatoes from scratch. Look oh, at you guys. This is like gourmet stuff. Yeah. We haven't really tried it yet, but we should give it a try. That chili's good shit. Mm. Oh my god. I'd be like a. Here, I'm stuffing my face, but I think it's just some pork butt in there. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh. We thought about that, putting like so pork you, butt on top. See, so you are a lineman. You've always said I'm just a tight end, I'm but kind no. of a bland. I'm kind yeah. Of a, I'm kind of a hybrid. Little, but little. I can see that you were attracted. You're going to go put the your butt on his chili. Yeah. That's a genius scent. Look, look. Just Take a, a picture of that. <laughs> can you put that on the top? Oh my gosh, Madonna goes over there, and that was like a side of beef he was trying to chew on. Nothing wrong with that. Can't take the view on Adam, Especially comes with this good food. All right. Okay. You want some Come on, Fernlees. I'm going to get some pork butt before yeah. I go. Not too close to my potatoes. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Fernlees. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. I got a, I got a special one right here I, I haven't opened yet. Oh, I wish I, I could stay. Down, I'll so. save you some. This is a special no. right here. Oh my gosh. Sean, a nice job. I feel like Guy Fiore. Oh man. Man, I wish I could stay here. This is like a barbecue heaven right now. No, I can't. I can't. You sure? No, okay. That has so many layers to it. I almost dropped the microphone in there. Ramey would be so mad. Woo! Woo! Look at the pink towels. He is the effervescent Mike Edwards. Nathan Schaup was a sports writer here in northern Nevada. He is now a podcaster. His podcast is The Reno Slant. It covers the Wolfpack as well as anything out there. And Nathan was very generous with his time. We actually bumped into one another at Mountain West Media Day for basketball earlier this week. And we hung out and watched a little playoff baseball in Henderson, Nevada after the Media Day festivities. And we spoke over the phone on Thursday. So here is Nathan Schaup. So I think the Utah State game is similar to the Purdue game in that if Nevada can somehow find a way to win this game, it kind of puts them ahead of schedule, to use Jay Norvell's phrase, or they kind of are playing with house money um, because if you win this game, then you really only need to steal one more road game, hold serve at home, and you have an eight-win season. So the stakes are stakes pretty high, I think, in this one. Yeah, it's, it is it is similar to the Purdue game in that, you know, Nevada is a, a big underdog. If they win, it feels like they're third, as you put it, or as Jay put it, ahead of schedule. Uh, Vegas would say this is even a bigger <laughs> mountain for them to climb this week. I think in three touchdown underdogs uh, heading into this one. So no question. I mean, especially considering what Utah State was last year, um, it certainly seems that they've regressed a little bit. They had a lot of transition, obviously, in the offseason. They still have... Jordan Love back there. It's still a road game. Might be snowing. Who knows? Um, but if, if Nevada can find a way to um, compete and maybe steal this one at the end, uh, you know, maybe it 
changes the trajectory of the season a little bit. They're five and two at that point, two and one in the West. They would be, um, and Hawaii has a tough game this week against Air Force, I believe. So if they can find a way to win this one, they're all of a sudden right back into that. You know, we can win the West. We can maybe go to the Mount West title game again. No question. And I think just with Fresno, uh, Fresno State taking a step back this year, the West has felt wide open from the outset. I know, I know, Hawaii's really good, but they're not perfect, and, and we've seen that. Is that kind of how you see it? Absolutely. Yeah, I had a we had Phil Steele on the podcast uh, in the off season or before the season started, and that's one of the things I asked him. Like when I'm looking at on paper, the West feels winnable this year. And Fresno State lost a ton. San Diego State was going to try out a spread offense. Um, Hawaii had a lot coming back. We didn't really know what they were going to look like. Um, so at this point, it's, it seems like Hawaii is starting to emerge a little bit. Um, but they took one um, on the chin last week at Boise. Um, so if, like I said, if Nevada can find a way to win, win this weekend, they're right back in. I don't think there's anyone who will say, you know, they can't do it if, if they can go to Utah State and find a way to, to steal a win. Um, I think that would maybe turn some heads, certainly, in the Mountain West. It's going to be tough to beat Utah State, though. This is a team that is 16-4 and four since joining the conference against the West Division, which is the best mark of anybody in the conference. And they're really good at home, uh, especially under Gary Anderson, which is two different tenures. They they don't really lose much at home. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I guess you have a good sense because you are very familiar with the alums and the fan base, but you're also – you have a journalism background – what are the appropriate expectations for this football program, specifically in 2019? Man, that's a tough question. Um, we talked about that in the preseason a lot. Obviously, you know, what does a successful season win or what does a successful season look like? I think every every uh, you know fan base asked that question. And for me, I said coming into this year, Jay Norvell's third year, um, but you lose your two-year starting quarterback. You have a lot of transition on the defensive side of the ball, especially. I always said, go to a bowl game, beat UNLV. I mean, that UNLV game always comes with it. Um, and so considering where they are at this point, you know, people are, you know, they're always going to moan and groan. It's kind of the way it goes, especially with, with college football. Um, but they're 4-2 at this point. Uh, a bowl game is right there for them, especially at home games, but look very winnable um, at home against New Mexico and UNLV remaining on the schedule. Who knows what they can do Saturday, but then they go to Wyoming and that feels, um, you know, Vegas will, will certainly see that game as, you know, more competitive, if you will, leading into it and you talk about spread. Um, but realistic goals for, for this team, I say go to a bowl, beat UNLV, Jay Norvell's third year, you have Malik Henry or Carson Strong, whoever at quarterback next year, and then really set things up for, for year four for Jay Norvell. You talk about the strength of the quarterback position back end of this year, looking ahead to 2020. I think it's an absolute fact that overall Norvell has overhauled the roster and has significantly increased the talent, the athleticism. The whole thing looks a lot more like his team and a competitive team in year three. And again, to borrow his phrase, that's right on schedule. Is that how you see it? Yeah, it's it's usually in in college football when you start to see – maybe not when you start to see, but when you maybe start to hold a coach more accountable to what's happening on the field, when you start to get his guys in there. And there's no question that's happening now. Um, You look at the mass exodus that happened on the defensive side of the ball um, last year. I think at this point, there's there's still starting a few seniors on the defensive side. 
You got House obviously on the line. Uh, Lucas Weber in, in his sixth year. Daniel Brown is out there at corner as well. EJ Muhammad, who actually started the year <laughs> as a backup to Jane Dedman, I believe, in that Purdue game. Um, but there's no question his fingerprints are all over this roster now. Um, I think moving forward, and this has become somewhat of a narrative, it's what does this offense really look like with, with Jay Norvell and, and Matt Mummy? You know, is this a ground-and-pound team that's going to run the ball 50 times, but they're also going to run the air raid? And they call it the air pistol, the pack pistol, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that will be interesting, no question, to see you know what happens the rest of this year moving ahead to, to year four. But I don't think there's any question anymore. Um, that this is no longer Brian Pullian's team. <laughs> yeah, you talk about the, the identity of the offense. Toa Tawa, I think, was a little more banged up than people let on in the first half of the season. And, of course, Lee was com- was recovering from offseason knee surgery. Now that both those guys are back and productive, they ran the ball 51 times, kind of right down the throat of the Spartans. And I, I'm pretty sure you and I brought this up uh, when we were visiting uh, during the week down in the southern part of the state, that – I don't know how many defenses there are in the Mountain West that want to deal with Toa Tawa and Devontae Lee 50 times a game. So I, I hate to be kind of retrograde, but I'm kind of rooting for them to be a little ground and pound here. I think it's almost what they have to do. I mean, if not run the ball 50 times, certainly assert themselves on the ground game or on the ground. I mean, people were, were ragging on, on Carson, especially after the Weber State game. Um, and there were parts in there that were rough, and, and Christian, you know, had had a great UTEP game. Um, didn't follow it up with a with a strong performance, but I, I think part of you know you look at this offense, these, this quarterback position, there has to be a ground game to take some of the pressure off of not only the quarterback position but this offensive line, which we've seen at at times struggle to, to protect the quarterback. Um, so no question. Uh, I just, you know, I like to talk about that because everybody gets really hyped about video game style offense and throw the ball. And look, we all we all love a lot of passes, but I, I just think that the the recipe for success for this team definitely will include, or the ingredients uh, include, a steady uh, diet, a, a real high kind of run ratio compared to the pass. Now let's talk about the sexy stuff, the quarterback. <laughs> Malik Henry, man. I mean, I, I am a believer. Are you a believer? The, the big thing going into that game last week against San Jose State, and there were a lot of things, but I was really curious to see what he was going to look like in terms of hanging on to the football. Uh, turnover has been a problem for this group a little bit. He ends up uh, throwing two picks. He does have the, the fumble on the sack, and I forget who it was, but Nevada jumped on it, so it doesn't show up on the stat, on the stat line. The first pick to me was – I had no problem with that throw. It was a deep ball same, down the, same. Down the sideline. Um, one-on-one. I don't remember if it was Cooks or Dubs. I can't remember. It was Cooks. Um, it was a Cooks. It looked like he stumbled a little bit. Didn't get to make a play on the ball. Um, so yeah, he turned, a, he turned a little bit late. Whatever it was. It, it, it wasn't a bad throw. So people will say it was a pick, but I have no problem with that. The second pick was a little bit more egregious. Well, certainly more egregious. He just didn't see whoever it was sunk, sink back into the zone. Um, but, I mean, you haven't played FBS football yet. He's bounced around all over the place. The only constant in his football career at this point has been change. And he throws for 350, this offense, which certainly has sputtered a lot of the season, puts up 41. I mean, you get some help from the pick six in there. Um, but this was an offense that was explosive. Um, I think just watching on TV, you felt that this they could pop it at any time. You saw it the first play of the second half. 
Um, so after seeing Malik play, you know, his, get his first start in a Nevada uniform, I don't know how you're anything other than really excited, if not super curious, to see what he's going to look like uh, against Utah State on Saturday. Certainly it'll be a different uh, defensive assignment. But I also, and this is qualitative, and I, and I love qualitative, if only just to be a contrarian, because everybody's quantitative now. But he looks polished. He looks polished the way he shades his throws with his shoulders to kind of freeze defensive backs. He's just, there's a polished look back there. And, and I think we've seen that from Strong to a degree. But it seemed a little bit more realized, and that may just be the fact that Henry's a redshirt junior. But I, I loved the polish personally, just aesthetically. And it looks like he's got some poise back there, some moxie, um, which is awesome. This now, year. hey, are you trolling? Are you trolling me? Or are you really? You, do you believe in poise? <laughs> I know. I know that's one of your things. It's certainly a cliche. But you know, it, just speaking candidly, I mean, he looks like he belongs. And agreed. I totally agree. You would hope that that's going to be the case. Someone who's been, you know, was one of the most highly re- rated recruits, highly rated recruits. There it is, coming out of high school. Um, but you don't know. You, you that independence, the last chance you thing, I think it's easy to get down on yourself. Um, and he showed some pretty strong resolve. Um, he had to walk on Nevada. He had to work his way up the depth chart, wait for wait for his, his time. And in his first start, you know, even after, was it UTEP, he got one drive, went two for two or three for three, whatever it was officially. Um, I, I thought that was really impressive for him from a, a, a mindset perspective if you will you know, a couple turnovers in that he didn't seem to get down and none of those things that surround his name if you will from a stereotype standpoint it didn't seem like those showed up on saturday which was great can i get you to talk a little bit about hoops i'd be happy to yeah okay okay so you and i were both down in henderson nevada i accidentally referred to it as las vegas on my wolfpack daily following media day well, as you know, the the way you can tell the difference between one way you can tell the difference between propaganda and journalism is the journalists will issue corrections. So I, I am doing that right now, if only for my own credibility. But you talked to Jazz Johnson. What did Jazz have to say? I mean, I, the easy thing to start the conversation with was, man, how's the shoulder feeling? Um, second shoulder surgery since since being at Nevada, and of course he said it feels one hundred percent, feels it's re- it's ready to go. I think that's what you want to say. You want to hear him say. And whether that's true or not, I don't think we'll really know until the season starts and to see what that stroke looks like. I mean, it, it's so fascinating. Just, you know, if you go, go big picture, what does Jazz's role look like this year? Um, what does anyone's role look like this year? I mean, we don't really know um, at, at this point. Um, but he was positive. You know, I, I asked him who, who has stood out for you in practice leading up um, to the season, and he proceeded to name every single player on the roster. <laughs> so um, they didn't get a ton there um, from him. But the guys are certainly eager to, you know, practice or play against someone else. Um, they're excited, as is, as is the fan base. Um, but it was great chatting with Jazz. Um, he sounds like he's enjoyed Coach Alford in, in the few months they've been working together. Um, but, yeah, either way, great chatting with Jazz. Everybody can go to the – Reno slant to hear that. I will plug that coming in and out of this re- uh, interview, but I just want to make sure we get that in there. I should call this. No, I shouldn't call it because that would be that would be bad. But maybe I'll refer to the Bud Light tailgate show at some point on Saturday. I'll, um, I'll, I'll let you share that one. I'll let you share it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, what we let's talk about the E word again though for the hoops team. They were picked fourth by the media uh, on my ballot. I had them third. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's reasonable expectations for, for Steve Alford's first Wolfpack team? 
So everyone looks at Utah State, and, and they're the favorite, and they should be, considering what they have back with, with Sam Merrill and Kata and, and Craig Smith. I mean, they're stacked. So I, I have no problem at all with them being the unanimous number one pick going into the season. Um, you look at what Nevada's done against San Diego State of late, and it's like, what? I mean, you have a new coach. You have a lot of new guys. But until Nevada can go to San Diego State, go to Viejas and, and leave with the win or beat San Diego State in the Mountain West Tournament, I think it's fair to put San Diego State ahead of Nevada. Um, so they're certainly in that group with, with Boise and, and New Mexico, that kind of, you know, I don't know if there's tiers yet established, but they're, they're certainly in that three, four, five mix. Um, people certainly will want to see with Steve Alford's track record. They'll want to see them get to the tournament. We've been a little bit spoiled now. And with Nevada going to, to three straight and, and how tough that is to do at a smaller school like Nevada, um, this is a group that's been now been told, you know, you guys aren't going to the tournament this year. They saw what it was like last year to end the year with that much hype. So now they get to be in the position as the hunter as opposed to the hunted. And that is one of the things I asked Jazz about. You know, this is completely different feelings for you guys going into this season as it was last season. You know, as fun as last season was, was that stressful? <laughs> and, you know, is this year kind of nice in the fact that you are chasing someone or something as opposed to everyone chasing you? And he said, man, we like this year much better. <laughs> this, is a much, this is a much more desirable um, position. So can they go to, to the tournament? We'll see. I mean, there's so much to figure out. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to think that they're going to get boat raced in the Mountain West and not going to be in it. I, I think with, with this group's pedigree, and even not, though not a lot of them played last year with so many new faces, this is, they've been around winning now. This is a program that expects to win. And I would not be shocked if we get to the final couple weeks of the season and they're in it. That would make doing the podcast a lot more fun and make your job a lot more fun. Um, so but let, let's root for that. Um, but as far as the you know, what actually is going to happen. I don't think anyone knows because there's so much change this year. I think that's very reasonable. I mean, for me, I think it's they should compete in the Mountain West. They should be in the mix. And in the perfect scenario, they go to the tournament. But I think they're going to have to win that conference tournament because the non-conference schedule will be, I mean, they'll be fortunate to get to conference at 500, I would say, with the non-conference schedule. Yeah, unless you can find a way to, to beat Utah or, or beat USC, um, and then you're in the situation again where you're you're rooting for the Pac-12 as the season progresses, and we know how that went last year. I'm going to root for, for Arizona State. Um, so even if Nevada can win some of those games in non-conference, you just have no idea what that's going to mean at the end of the year because the Pac-12 has been, been good at um, helping no one. And it's going to be – it's just I think it's going to be a bit of a shock for Pac fans. Maybe not a shock, but it's going to be a change – you know, at uh, at the Bay Area against St. Mary's, they will be an underdog. At Davidson, they might be an underdog. They might be an underdog at home to uh, Utah or USC, I would think. So that that's definitely different. Like you said, Jazz it said it's a different role, but they like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at BYU is going to be really tough, too. Oh, that one is murderous, yeah. At BYU for anything is always tough. Mm-hmm. Nathan Schaup, tell people how they can find you and the Reno Slant, which is a wonderful piece of content. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, so for those who, who are listening, obviously you know how to find podcasts. Just type us in the Reno Slant, whether you listen on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, there's a million of them. You'll find us. Um, you can certainly find us online at the Reno Slant.com. We publish the episodes there. 
Um, you can find us on all social media channels. We're just at the Reno Slant. You can find me. Um, I'm super easy to find at Shalp Nathan, and you can stay plugged in on everything we're working on. He is Nathan Shalp. Be sure to check out the Reno Slant podcast. They do it once a week. It is outstanding. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Wolfpack Podcast. We're posting this Thursday night. Nevada has a Saturday night game at Utah State. Huge game in conference. Tune in. 6 o'clock Pacific time. Mike Edwards and I will have the Bud Light Tailgate Show ahead of the 7.15 Pacific kickoff. It'll be 8.15 in Logan, Utah. It will be cold, dark, and exciting. So until Saturday night, so long, everybody. into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.